Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. I'm Kanan. You can find me at Geek Vibes Nation on Twitter and YouTube. And today we're going to be talking about minute number 149 of Dawn of Justice. And the minute's going to start out by uh, Doomsday kind of adjusting to his newly acquired irradiated body, bone body. And uh, the minute's going to end with uh, Batman doing a flyby of uh, the Doomsday Monster on Strikers Island. Yeah, really, really good Doomsday minute that we got here. This time I, I really enjoy... I really enjoy seeing this creature on the screen. Um, it's growing on me. Yeah, it, yeah, it's growing all right. Um, <laughs> there's a, this is some about like, like the the twitchingness of it. The this kind of I don't know whatever's going on with his body and like you know as a for whoever like designed uh, or programmed and rendered the creature for this movie like. The, the when it moves when it does anything it, you just feel the weight of it like you feel like like it like you believe it like this is monster that's just like uh even when he like punches into the ground like you feel it in a sense of like all right this guy is getting massive like incredibly powerful and and something like that but yeah i don't know i've always just been attracted to like the inclusion of this monster at at the end of this film like I feel the weight of it, you know. There's as he landed and everything. There's um. There's rocks like floating around him, like like the gravity manipulation from Superman. Does he have? I mean, I guess he does have that ability because he's a Kryptonian. But is he getting more control over that kind of thing? I'm glad you brought that up because that is the first time I'm noticing that he is doing the exact same thing that. Like Superman of Steel. Yeah, he had yeah. like the rocks forming around him, kind of yeah. like that Dragon Ball Z type mm-hmm. kind of energy around him. Yeah, no, there are rocks just uh, in his gravitational pull of sorts. That's cool. We don't see him fly at all in this movie, though, do we? Yeah, he he he, ba- he leaps with big bounds. Yeah, he just jumps yeah. like really really far. It's almost. It's. I think he would be able to get the uh, ability. To fly eventually, it's almost like he's learning kind of how Zod did when he was. Uh, but you know, you remember when Zod started to get that, um, all the stuff around him started to, to levitate as well. So mm-hmm. it's like what you were saying him getting control of uh, gravity and you know, starting to get more accustomed to his powers. Like he's aware now of what he can do, um, in that body. That's crazy, man, dude. I hope that we see some sort of control over gravitational force in our lifetime <laughs> starting there we got the first steps we get to we can measure it we're getting there um figure out how to and even it. it might even be uh yeah he's almost going through the same similar situation uh there's a lot of parallels that you can make between what this character does and what general zod did in man of steel and when we come across those we'll point them out um, and like this minute, he's doing the same thing General Zod did when he was starting to d- discover that he has super abilities now that he's on this yellow sun planet. Looking at his hand. Looking at his hand, just like this Doomsday is right now, and kind of going like, what is happening to me? But also being 100% about it. And um, it 
culminates into like this unleashing of of the radiation this solar flare again that happened earlier although now it's way more powerful than it was when we started this week um being that this time it is more of like a a spherical type attack it's this globe that it encompasses the entire strikers island and completely destroys almost everything on top of it um and even shoots out like the actual heat vision just straight into the into the sky mm-hmm. um now in the new 52 book when superman did that solar flare like that he became depowered for like a day or two um but this know, guy obviously he's a not weapon, yeah yeah so. this would so be the his recharge rate is just like you know three bars is this would be like the equivalent of when he fought apollo and was just like supercharged superman it wasn't even when he was fighting it was when he like stood next to him didn't he like get hit by he apollo? got punched by apollo and then came back it was like oh you're a sun god hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i mean obviously he has you know unlimited uses for this flare-up that he has i guess which is a little broken in my opinion that's what doomsday is though right is he broken in more ways than one yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah here's uh here's the proof that we get that superman's dead in this movie um we see good old old zombie cow here in in the in the orbit of the earth yeah you like the crypt keeper yeah which is what he looked like in the book so uh dark knight returns yeah it's like did they include this scene because they they wanted to include that scene from the dark knight returns or was it like did it just make sense that that this moment would happen maybe both when yeah when i when i first saw it you know, I know it was from Dark Knight Returns, but to me it was almost like a little bit of a nod to Bizarro because he, uh, you know, he yeah. kind of has the Bizarro look. So I thought it was kind of like cool that, you know, they kind of, you know, pay tribute to Dark Knight Returns, but we also kind of see what uh, a Bizarro Superman would look like. So uh, I thought that I thought I thought that whole moment though with just his regeneration uh, was well captured. It was. It was like almost like the first time we're like, you know, Superman's here. We've seen him do a lot of cool stuff in Man of Steel and even parts of BVS. But it's like this moment was like, I'm back and like, you know, we think we're fixing to get um, almost the level of Superman we got in Justice League where he's just going to go down and just lay waste to Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's 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 not dead. He's no. just irradiated unconscious and irradiated right yeah because if he was dead then he wouldn't have he wouldn't come back so it's like he's just there in space going i'm like i'm i'm like i got the wind knocked out of him (laughs) i'm just trying to think like what is it what was superman going through like because we we get in the dark knight returns where he's like (gasps) (gasps) yeah Yeah, he's like (laughs) it's like dude i'm i'm literally like like i fell into like a vat of acid yeah like I'm dying, and uh, I don't think you could do that in this movie uh, because it is, you know, special capture a general audience, and uh, you can't have your Superman doing uh, doing a zombie grasp for air in the in the middle of space. But 
Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's this is kind of what trips me up. Um, Superman and space travel always it it um, it trips me up. I'm a firm believer that Superman cannot breathe in space. He just has crazy lung capacity and can hold it for that long. If he needs to travel through space at long distances, they've been depicted with him having like a mask on and stuff like that. Um, he's been depicted with uh, Green Lantern's aura around him so he can breathe, mm-hmm. you know, as well as flying. But like if this Superman got, you know, this hurt in low orbit where there is no oxygen shouldn't he be not breathing like he's got to be breathing at some point here just a little bit for like later on the sun kind of bulks him back up he gets his energy restored but that doesn't like give you you know that doesn't give you cpr that doesn't give you breath back into your system shouldn't he be out of air uh i think he this is i think he they should have shown him irradiated on the ground like they did in the book, because that makes sense. He's still able to breathe. He is able to have that gasp of air. And then, you know... You're saying he should have crashed back on Earth as well. Yeah, I don't think... I don't... See, and that's what... It, it's weird, because... Superman and breathing in space is just an odd thing to me. Cause I even agree. Because Man of Steel, I, when he knocks open the, the wall to, the, to General Zod's mm-hmm. ship... All the air, I guess, is like taken out of that room. He's leaving, yeah. And he's still talking to Jor-El while it's open. I think uh, I think yeah you're right he shouldn't be able to breathe in space because he is uh, again a Kryptonian and if he could do that then any Kryptonian could leave Krypton and and be like hey I can breathe in space too because it doesn't matter red sun or not um, unless he's still within within line of sight of the sun right now so it's what's keeping him alive at that but moment but what's keeping him breathing What's keeping him breathing is... He's, I mean, if you get hit with a bomb, don't you feel like you would just go like, oh, instead of like, hold your breath? Unless he's still holding his breath right now in some miraculous, unconscious way. So what you're saying is he should have crashed on Earth. Well, yeah, I, I, do, I do remember there were some, uh, there were some theories, and, and, and they may have even been explained in the comics, that Superman on Earth honestly doesn't really need to breathe like we do. He doesn't need to eat. He doesn't need to drink. That he does all of that to appear human. Uh, that his body's solar energy actually allows him, it, it converts it into oxygen. So it's absorbed into his cells. So he doesn't actually have to breathe. And so as long as he's in space and, and the nuclear blast actually, I think, took him further out into space because we actually see him floating um, I think he still has enough life in him, in his cells, to breathe for him. And then the sun just fully rejuvenates his body. Um, whereas in Dark Knight Returns, um, I think he was just ob- obliterated to the point where he almost didn't have any life. And thus you see when he falls to earth and grabs the plants and life around it, he drains the life out of them. He absorbs mm-hmm. all of their, uh, all, you know, all of their energy and oxygen into his body. Yeah, I like that explanation. I'm okay with that. There was no way I was going to be able to explain that. The science behind some sort of like <laughs> your blood cells, I guess, or whatever, keeping the oxygen in it. Like, okay, that I'm okay with that. Like, I don't even if that's a real explanation. That's great. If it's a comic explanation, that's even better. But I, I like that. It works for me because like I can't, I can't imagine like not being able. To- He's like or, a battery. So imagine storing things like that inside of him and inside of his before? cells. That he's a battery? He is a battery. 
Yeah. Yeah, he he is a battery and um technically like I mean, the more he exerts his powers is like when the battery goes down, he'd have to recharge. So if he'd never fought or, or did anything, then he wouldn't have to, you know, he wouldn't even have to go out in the daylight. He could fight in the dark or, you know, without sunlight for, you know, quite some time. Mm-hmm. Or under the ocean. Hey. We- <laughs> um, let's see. So we see good old zombie... Kal-El out in outer space. Um, we get this kind of big exposition moment from General Swanwick, really telling us that uh, that humankind has no way of actually uh, standing toe to toe with what the danger is in this in this city. Um, they've used their biggest, baddest weapon that they can, which is a nuclear weapon, and does nothing. Uh, it immediately just absorbs. It gets stronger. It gets bigger. Um, they can't attack it. This thing is uh, unkillable, which I'm pretty sure is not a word. I don't. That's what I was going to question too. It's like, I don't. Is that is that a real word? Does, yeah. Did Webster adopt that already? Yeah, unkillable. It cannot be killed. To the ability. You looked it up. It's a real word. No, I'm oh. defining. Oh, <laughs> everyone knows that. A word exists if you can define it. So if I can define unkillable as being the ability to not be killed, and now it's a word. That's how you make words, Nate. I think it's kind of silly that everybody throws their hands up whenever like slang terms are getting put in the dictionary. Who cares? If you can define it, if it's a thing, then so be it. But yeah, that's really just what you know. General Swan- Swanwick is saying is giving the audience exposition that every time we hit it, we make it more powerful, and that we can't attack it, and... Uh, you know, if it weren't for superheroes, this would be the end of the line right here because this is uh, this is showing that humans can't can't do anything to stop um, such creations and abominations like Doomsday. Um, unless you were a demigod, unless you're a demigod or a kid who got his parents killed in an alleyway and you got a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but even even then, Bat, if Batman didn't have the tools to to stop a Kryptonian, then even he wouldn't have been able to. S O L. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hiding under rocks and caves for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, he'd have to live underground. And it's like, what would Doomsday do if he won? Would he just like, all right, I have to I have to leave this planet or something, right? I don't think he would leave the planet. It'd be like a crazy gorilla just running around the planet the entire time just anything that moves he would probably just attack it yeah i thought it was pretty weird that lex had like no contingency plan for once doomsday killed superman because i mean that's really why he he creates doomsday is to destroy superman but there's no contingency plan afterwards because he let batman steal the only kryptonite that they had unless he planned on somehow going back to the indian ocean and trying to dig up more uh, but I mean that that's something they probably definitely should have explained. You know, like Lex should have been like, if this goes wrong, I, I'm going to do this or, or do that, and, and they don't. So I mean, it's yeah. almost like you have to yeah. rely on Superman uh, and Batman because at the time we don't really know that Wonder Woman's going to step in and and do anything. Well, we do because of the trailers, but if you hadn't seen the trailers, you don't know that. Yeah, I had the same problem. I was what like, if... wait, you know, Lex can't control this thing. What is his end game here? There well, just was I, yeah. none. So what does he do after this thing wins? Um, it's a it's a Kryptonian that's 
you know, you created to be more powerful than Superman for the sole purpose of destroying everything. Well, like, he, he did two things. Well, he created this thing with, you know, within Scout Ship, he did one, this thing, and two, call upon Apocalypse, Steppenwolf, and Darkseid. So it's like you're inviting them to come to this planet with this thing out there. So maybe lie low until Darkseid shows up and then gets rid of Doomsday. I don't know. Like, But then you got to get rid of Darkseid. But I'm pretty sure Doom... Well, yeah, but at that point you just work for him. Why would Lex want to work for any other god? I don't know. Why'd you invite the god in the first place? I don't know if he actually intentionally invited him. I think he just hit something. I don't know if... Like, oh, yeah, I don't cool. even know if Darkseid could beat Doomsday. I'm pretty sure Doomsday is just just doomsday right i think i think dark i think in the comics doomsday um uh beat dark side but it was a it was a clone now I'd, this doomsday is a little bit different because he has the the energy that the original doomsday didn't have but i mean i still think the omega beams would be powerful enough to stop yeah. uh yeah. doomsday plus he would have you know the parademons and and all those to help. Now, as far as relying on Steppenwolf, if we get the Steppenwolf that was in the concept art for Justice League, maybe. If we get the Steppenwolf from Justice League, the movie, no. I think Doomsday kills him in like five seconds of stepping through yeah. the boom tube. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's no real contingency plan because, you, you know, we don't really, you know, Lex didn't even know when they were going to show up. And, I mean, Steppenwolf's whole thing is getting the mother boxes. How's he going to do that while he's fighting, uh, while he's fighting Doomsday? And I don't see Darkseid just showing up, you know, to get uh, waylaid by Doomsday immediately. I think he would definitely take his time and wait and see. So there is a major plot hole um, with Lex's plan. It's almost like he didn't have one. It was almost just like, I'm just, I, I hate Superman so bad, I want him dead, I'll just do whatever it takes. And Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's true, because it's like, I mean, and that that might be a testament to his character being like this flawed person who just hates God that much that he's like, I, I'll do anything. Like, I'll create this thing. The T-shirt, the monkey yeah. T-shirt. He'll yeah. destroy anything that he loves. I'll destroy to, everything to, to I love goal. just to just to get what I want. Yeah, you're right. And um, yeah, I don't know. The only thing I could see is you know if apocalypse apocalypse had to show up and step in, like uh, maybe boom tube him out of there, like. Like, hey, this planet's ours. Also, we gotta get rid of this crazy monkey that you have on your planet. So we're just gonna open a portal and like maybe teleport this guy in outer space. I don't know, like something. I mean, it seems to be like the only thing to do that. That's why the, that's why the Phantom Zone exists. Like, hey, you gotta send this guy somewhere. (laughs) The Phantom Zone, (laughs) yeah, exactly. You can't just be running around, and I guess you can't throw him into the sun. Oh, you can't throw him into the sun. It would make him more powerful. Yeah, Doomsday. It's uh, like, can you imagine like an all-star Superman doomsday running around? That's nuts. He would just be like, um, yeah, I don't know. That would, he, I don't know. Super doomsday. He would just be one giant ball of bone. <laughs> he would just be like, he would just be one big fang. Yeah. He just, <laughs> giant bone <laughs> just out in the, out in the cosmos. Yeah. Just the, the angriest bone that ever lived. The only way to get rid of that. Find a giant dog. Find giant dog. That's it. how you win. Crypto. That's how he beats Doomsday because it's Crypto, just a bone. Yeah, he just buries him. Yeah, he yeah. just buries him. <laughs> we did it, guys. We solved it. That's the plan. That's where Crypto comes in. We Crypto was the answer the whole time. Yeah. All right. I'm glad we got there. 
Um, I love this shot here that we get. It's two cool shots. One is obviously the Batwing as it goes, uh, hovers over the scorched earth of Strikers Island, and you see all this destruction um, left easily by this doomsday creature. But this shot right here of kind of like this, kind of going back to Man of Steel and the way it was shot with like the documentary style, the first person kind of shots. You remember Empire Strikes Back? Um, the snow speeders and the special edition snow speeders scene. Yeah, yeah, where they're like one. showing Han Solo like on the bottom of Hoth. It was that, but then it was also when um the snow the speeders were coming. It was Luke speeders coming up to the walkers, and um it showed it from the uh, the viewport of the speeder, and in the original. There was no separation between Walker and like chassis of the snow speeders, so it kind of like went right through it. Um, and then the special edition, they rendered it out, so it like as like this little side paneling that yeah, you see, the whatever, bar right yeah, here. yeah, that bar actually will pass over the snow speeder in the special in the VHS special edition ones before it went right under it. Really? I'm pretty, yeah, you could So it was like they messed up and it like rendered through? Yeah, it was like such a small thing that they couldn't like fix. And it was like, oh, well then when the special edition came out, we actually just digitally went over it and made it look like it was actually seen from the cockpit. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, okay. This was, is exact. that's what that shot reminded me of. It's like if Doomsday just somehow went over the, the bar of the Batwing. yeah. yeah. Wow, that is... I'm going to have to look at that. That's really messed up. But yeah, this is what that... Yeah, that does remind me, though. Because Zack Snyder is a huge Star Wars fan. So, like, shots like this um, not only, you know, remind us of Man of Steel and, like, those cool kind of cinema verite shots, but, um, like, the Star Wars, like, the snow speeders and stuff like that. Seeing this... uh, Seeing this Doomsday with, like, the light-up eyes, like, this silhouette that this Batman has to look at. I, I love this shot. Because it, it's so, this thing is, this thing goes back to looking small, kind of like the uh, the original Doomsday, like we were talking about in The Death Of. Yeah. Um, it, it's so small in this shot, but considering all the damage that it's done and all the damage it's going to do, and for Batman, just this normal human being, or not above average human being, in this, um, in this, in this airplane... And to look at this monster, again, going back to, like, Batman fighting Justice League-tier villains, like, this is quite the the moment for this superhero. I agree. It's cool that the eyes are looking at him. That's what's probably the scariest thing, that you you know that thing's looking at you. Mm-hmm. You see those glowing eyes follow you. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, this this whole bit right here is just incredible yeah. to look at. And then uh, Doom Day gets to uh, charge up his lasers. Yeah, getting ready to. Oh yeah, it's, it cuts right there. He's getting ready to shoot uh, his little heat vision at at Batman. But like, yeah, what a, what an incredible shot that is! It's just so cool to look at, and so intimidating. Yeah, and it all, it almost makes you want to think like what's actually going through the mind of Batman. You know, at that moment, I mean, he he's seeing all this go go on, but his whole existence the last eighteen months has been to destroy Superman. And he, you know, in a, in a way he's right, but he's wrong as far as like Superman bringing them there. Because if the Kryptonians never show up, then Superman probably never really becomes Superman. Uh, and none of that stuff happens. But because he brings them there, 
he allows Lex to create this this monster, um, which is another thing Lex he never really gave Batman the chance to even remotely try to kill Superman because he's the whole time that's going on he's creating Doomsday uh, in the background. So I mean I'm wondering like what Batman's thinking is he thinking you know this is like beyond control. Uh, or is he thinking that if I had killed Superman, maybe this doesn't happen? I mean, there's probably, like, just so much stuff going on that he's never seen. I mean, he's used to, like Alfred said in Justice League, you know, wind-up penguins. He's used to the Joker and stuff like that. But he's mm-hmm. looking at this huge creature mm-hmm. that's not even on the... that's above the level of Superman, and he's just like, holy cow, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I mean, you know, So it just makes you wonder you know, what's all going through his, his mind at that, at that time. So in over his head, because it's Mm -hmm. like you, you focus so much for two years on, on the Superman character that you let this thing slip by. And now it's a reality. You know, you let Lex Luthor get so far ahead with what this is that look at the actual face of danger. This is what you thought Superman was, but like, that's what it really looks like. It's this, demon-like creature that's the worst of a worst of a yeah Kryptonian. and that's like, and that's, like that's what you thought superman was yeah. and like you let it happen because of your it's crazy man because, you see the spectrum yeah. of a kryptonian like you look at superman prime example mm-hmm. all good look at doomsday prime example of all bad and like every every yeah. single bit of destruction a kryptonian can be and it, you know there, there's got to be a a shred of of regret that you know this is the true face of danger that you've been yeah that you've been fearing in your life like this is it like you know there's there's you know of on top of everything that he could be thinking about like there's got to be some regret the line of dialogue from luther that sits with me a lot um is when he said it's right before he tells him to go uh you know kill batman or whatever it's like he says they need to see the fraud that you are with your own eyes and that's him really referencing okay you need to go kill batman and be like a bad guy but really, I took that as, um, hey, you need to see like how bad a Kryptonian can be. And that's this monster that I'm creating. So that's just, it was just always one of those things that stuck with me. Um, I guess taken out of context, uh, you can't, you, sometimes people maybe just didn't relate it to Doomsday. Mm-hmm. I always thought that's what it was referencing directly. But Yeah, I always took it as like, he, you know, do, Lex Luthor releasing this Doomsday is him showing humanity look how evil kryptonians are like i don't care if it destroys a whole world and i might lose my life as well but i want people to know how evil you people really are that you're not um that you're not anything special and that's what doomsday is here is lex luther's proof that letting superman live on this planet means having stuff like this around yeah and so i always took that as like he wanted it created so he can prove that Kryptonians are evil. Just by the Kryptonians themselves or like having things like this around, like just by monsters? Well, they, well, humans don't know that that was created. Yeah, the, the, exactly. Humans didn't know. The general populace could very well think that this was Superman. Yeah. The only thing that we've seen with glowing laser eyes and shit like that was a Kryptonian two years ago and then this other Kryptonian that's still flying over our heads. Yeah. And well, so they, Lex, they, yeah. Lex, I think Lex, his, I think we see him mature and accept his role of who he is in Justice League, but it's almost like character development for him in Batman v Superman, 
Whereas he's just so consumed by hate and jealousy. It's not really that, because honestly, he doesn't need to paint Superman in a bad picture because most of the world already does that. I mean, there are people that, I mean, you've got senators and leaders of other uh, nations and, and citizens that are not for Superman. They're against him. They don't want him there. They blame him for what happened in Metropolis. Uh, yes, there are people that are on his side and think he's a hero. Um, but Lex really could have just played off that. Instead, it was almost like he wanted Superman to be this fraud for himself. But Superman is a is not a fraud, but he's flawed. And Lex should have realized that. He should have looked at him and said, you're not you're not perfect. You're not this uh great savior and even Superman never claimed to be that. Superman knew he was a flawed mm-hmm. character. He knew mm-hmm. because he killed Zod. He realized that he took someone's life and that's what established him um as the Superman that I think people really wanted him to be all along was this I don't kill people uh type Superman. Um even though Superman is killed before uh in the comics, but um you know, Lex is, that's just Lex once again overthinking everything. He, you know, yeah, they built that statue for him and everything, and Lex is like, oh, I'm upset because no one built the statue for me. But if he took the time, he could have seen that, one, Superman never looked at himself that way, and two, most of the world didn't look at Superman um, in, in that light as well. And it's like he almost just, that's why I love the relationship that Clark and Superman and Lex had in Smallville because they grew up learning to dislike each other, becoming friends, almost brothers. And then at the end, you know, where Lex was like, you know, I've learned my place. And, you know, they come to that agreement where they'll never be on sides, but they know that they're always going to be enemies and they're going to work off that. That's, that's really what this Lex should have came to instead of trying to just like destroy the entire world. Like, yeah. I'm just going to accept this, yeah. and I'm going to make it my life's mission to, you know, show people, but destroying the world isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really um, the flaw that all the, the humans that don't like Superman in this movie, they they come so quickly to judge, and it's one of the big themes of this film, like both Batman and Lex Luthor do it, where they quickly associate Superman as being the the centerpiece of their problems and by removing that or defacing that or destroying the idea of Superman like fixes their lives and it's a really it's a really flawed mindset but it's the purpose of this film where they go yeah take this when you leave the theater to never never do that but of course the backlash that this film got very much plays into the theme that they were supposed to learn about not judging so quickly, um, which is just this huge vicious cycle. And it's, it's really the irony of this film. Yeah. But it's, it's character development at the, at the same time, which, you know, like you were saying, the, the gripe about the film was, but people didn't realize that, um, you know, that Lex is, is learning, but he's still very smart and, and methodical in what he's doing because he managed to play uh, both Batman, Superman, and the government. I mean, he he played them and, and twisted them to do what he wanted. Like his whole, he wanted Superman. I mean, not Superman. He wanted Batman to steal the uh, the Kryptonite all along. 
it was not like he ever wanted to keep it for himself. I think he always mm-hmm. knew that Batman was going to steal it. He wanted mm-hmm. Batman uh, to steal it because he knew Batman had the resources and the ability to to kill Superman if it came to that. Yeah, and he definitely wanted him to steal the the data too from from oh, yeah, his servers. Yeah, if, yeah. Lex would have blocked that. You know, he wanted him to know where the ship was coming in and everything. I think maybe his henchmen didn't know because you know they tried to do everything they could to stop him. Well, yeah, I think when like you see that scene with Mercy Graves and she like catches Bruce Wayne, it's like he let you have that because she was there, she saw everything, uh, and you know it played into his hands perfectly. Everything just until like the final moments um, was just everything was just part of his plan, all part of Lex's plan. Cool. Um, do you guys have anything else for this one? No, no sir. nothing for me. Alrighty, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute. And don't forget to check us out on the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for Minute 150 of Dawn of Justice. <laughs>